0: Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together.
1: The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person.
0: Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's, uh, Clearing the Queue, a Netflix podcast. <laughs> Our guest this week is Angela Giachetti.
1: Hi. She just mimed, uh, Relief that she didn't have to talk during the movie
0: while we were reco- like uh-huh. recording. To be
2: clear, I knew that, and when I first yeah. heard it, I was relieved. So I want that to be reflected now here. That's
0: great. I wish yeah. I had seen the mime. I was too busy looking at the microphone levels.
2: I really hate mystery science theater. Really? Like a
0: lot. How do you feel about mimes?
2: <laughs> I don't think I find them.
0: <laughs> I just heard the the story of Marcel Marceau. As as enacted by a bunch of elementary school students, fascinating story. You Heard it. I I watched and heard it. Yeah, I heard. Seems a, a, a little short play. off brand. Uh, for me, no, because no. he's a mime. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> thank uh, you. Thank I, his you. whole his he had a fascinating origin story. He was like a a Jew in Europe during World War II, like smuggling people out of France and like saving lives and shit. And, um, and then also being a mime.
2: The things that's... you can do.
0: And Marceau is not his real last name. He changed it to make it sound less Jewish. Wow. So that's what I learned from a bunch of kids. That's a, yeah, I mean, like, his Wikipedia
1: page is all ass-backward. Like, all the important stuff.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. I've never been to his Wikipedia page. <laughs> and you're acting like you're yeah. You know, I was going to say, there are friends and there are podcast guests. And there are podcast guests that become friends. And there are friends that become podcast guests. And then every once in a while, you have a friend, and you're listening to somebody else's podcast, and you hear your friend on it. And that's what happened with Angela. <sighs> you two-timing. So, I did not know BS. that. Yeah. So I was listening to the show A Couple of Questions. Great which, show. fantastic show, where they have couples on to talk about their story, how they met. I like that. It's really, really good. How personal do you go? It's- Very personal. Yeah. Mike and Angela did an episode. And it was just so lovely and charming and interesting and tear-jerking and also really funny because the two of them are quite funny, as our <laughs> listeners are about to find out. And it's also very New York. We were talking about whether all three of us are from the East Coast and whether any of us are homesick. And it's like, I'm not homesick until I hear people start to talk about Brooklyn. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that was pretty great.
2: Yeah. It's it's also, I, I feel... More rare to hear good L.A. love story.
1: True.
0: What is L.A. story? Is that a love story? <laughs> I feel like Steve this is Martin. L.A.
2: story, right? Like, we're talking about movies and TV shows. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: the superficial. La
0: La Land? Is that an L.A. love story? Yes. I haven't seen it.
2: I haven't seen it either. I would like to.
0: Really, Put though? that on there. I don't yeah. want to.
2: I'm open to it. Also... Everyone was talking about it. So that's part of like my MO. Oh, really
0: you and Alex to- are going to get along really well. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's also got like good, really mwah, great on screen chemistry. Mm. What You can't beat that. Gosling yeah. and uh, Stone? Wh- yes. Part two.
0: What was part one?
1: Crazy, Stupid Love. They were Steve both in Burrell. there? Yeah, I believe so. Steve Carell was in that.
2: I didn't see that either. Really, I feel terrible.
1: Oh, I'm and you about were talking, and you were, i know. And before, <laughs> po- like off mic, I know yeah. you were throwing fire at us.
2: It's obscure stuff, though. This is what happens when you're a feminist that loves, <laughs> you know, government.
1: Is that what? Is that Buffy? Is that that's a yeah a thing? I didn't know Buffy had a. It's
2: like the most feminist TV show. That
1: I did know. That yeah. I did yeah. know. I didn't know they were She's a government agency.
2: I, there is a pseudo. I won't even get into it. Angel is more representative of, like, the big bad that is the
1: institution. How about, I feel like you watched no WB growing up, and I'm pointing at Maddie. <laughs>
0: uh, I like really zero WB. Does Animaniacs count? Because they come out of the WB water <laughs> <Yes>. tower.
1: <laughs> I went, like, adult live action WB. Can you name what that what
0: that means? Because yeah, I, I don't know network. Dawson's Creek. Didn't watch it. Uh, I
2: wasn't a fan, but, like, how did you not watch it? I
0: mean, I've seen episodes. Right. But, like, I didn't watch it. Episodes. I mean, like I've be- <laughs> Seventh Heaven.
2: Oh my God! Definitely never
0: saw Seventh. Wondery heaven. Wondery Hill. Nope, don't know that one. All right, I get, I get the pattern. I went though. to high
2: school like in Seventh Heaven. To be fair, though, so
1: the Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is. I was
0: yeah, just going to say we're Gilmore just back Girls. Oh, yeah, I have never seen it. Is that bad? It's time. Right now. I mean, we have an episode to record. That's
2: true. <laughs> Could not be part of this? Anyway, you know, I'm we, getting were ahead also, of we were
0: also talking about like podcasts and. For a long time, I listened to the Gilmore Guys podcast, having never seen the show.
2: That is amazing. Because I was
0: just entertained by it. And I also listened to X-Files files files for a long time before I ever watched Mm. X-Files. You're more of
1: a Fox guy. I think I might just be more of a
0: podcast guy. Oh, yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) What did I watch in the 90s? I watched 90210. Was that on Fox? Yes. All right, then I'm a Fox guy.
1: What was Melrose Fox. Mulder.
0: Fox. And, yeah, and yeah, Party of Five. Party of Five was also And Fox. I watched Party
1: of he Five. was a, Fox. You're right, I was a You Fox were a <laughs> And I never knew it. <laughs> Fox teen drama spoke to you a little bit. And my so called life was Fox. I love my so called oh. life. Okay, so
0: we, that's, that's, that's the it. one. My so called life is why I was so disappointed in high school. Because I watched <laughs> oh. that show in middle school and I thought, that's what high school is going to be like. That looks awesome. And then I got to high school and I was like, this is not like that at all.
1: Most people don't realize that was also only one season, a one season wonder. I realized. Thought I had
0: to throw that one out there. It was a bummer.
2: You needed more.
0: <laughs> I wanted more. Yeah, I wanted. The, I needed the college years so I could have something else to be disappointed by.
2: <laughs> do you guys remember when Saved by the Bell college years came on? That I was do. devastating yes. to I me.
0: Do. Uh,
1: what what letdown. bothered you so much that they all just ended up in college together?
2: Yeah, like it just kept going. They didn't know what to do. Also, I got older and was like, this is kind of bad.
0: And Screech came back as, like, a teacher, right?
2: Remember when he flew off the rails in real life? Oh, yeah. He's, like, the perfect representation of, like, all of the awful men that are being outed, like, right now for sexual assault and misconduct. Like, I feel like he is such a, like, like Dustin
0: Diamond is precursor to
2: that. Yeah, for sure.
0: You're probably right. I mean, I don't want to throw around allegations, but... I think you're probably right.
2: Just, just personality-wise, he like he's like evocative of like that guy. You're like fuck that guy.
0: Yeah, fuck that guy. I'll say it. <laughs> Alex, you don't have to say it. I'll say you it. Know. I feel like you, all those guys, they were like fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. All of them are compensating for something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we don't always see what they are compensating for. Whereas with him, we can see it. Like we have evidence that he was portrayed as this sort of dweeb, if mm-hmm. you will. And so he has to prove how tough he is. Yeah. yeah. All these guys are trying to prove how tough they are. But... So Mario Lopez is a <laughs> prince in real life? Mario Lopez might be fine, right? Like, what does he have to... Dancing with the stars?
2: I heard him on a really bad car commercial in the Inland Empire the other day. And I was like, oh, still kicking around over there.
0: Lopez. That's
2: what you're doing. Yeah.
0: Speaking of terrible men... We have a segment of our show that we've got to decide what to do with. Yeah. Because floating across the room (laughs) is the American Beauty bag. This is the actual plastic bag from the movie American Beauty. Now we acquired it before we before we knew uh, uh, all of the terrible things that Kevin Spacey was responsible for. I don't know. While
2: watching that movie. You could have known. Yeah,
0: watching any of his movies. Watching Seven, you could have known. Watching House of Cards, you could have known. k didn't know. <laughs> Pay it forward. Maybe that one. So, anyways... Wait,
2: are you being serious that this is, like... I'm yeah. being
0: serious that we pretend that this is from the movie. Right. And that <laughs> okay. there's a segment of our <laughs> but... podcast where our listener reaches in, grabs a card out of it, and read what's on the card. I also
1: take the a photo of The question is, do
0: that? we have to retire the segment, or do we not hold... The entire American Beauty movie responsible for the actions of one actor who was not the creator, he was not the director, he was not the executive producer, he was just the star of the movie. So
2: this gets into like a bigger question about like can we separate creators from their creations? I think this conversation came up a lot with Louis C.K. because a lot of his work like directly addresses people, people like him. Yeah, Um, and personally. I choose to not engage with things that are are even related to something mm-hmm. that I'm like actively trying to root out for my life only because, not only because but primarily because there are so many other things, there are so many other pieces of art. there are other references, right? like this this bag could be so many things. Um, and you'll see in a lot of like the media that I consume, mm-hmm. I'm really careful about that, and I'm also open to the idea or or the reality that some of that stuff might change so something that i was a really big fan of like i can't watch louis ck's work anymore because the context has changed and that's okay like yeah and i don't need him and that's fine Mm
0: -hmm. i'm with you on all of that and Mm -hmm. i've like let go of louis and i'll let go of any of these guys and the question is where's the line because like Mm -hmm there are hundreds of people that work on any given movie, right? Yeah, so with, with any given movie, like, there's at least one terrible person who maybe they're the gaffer or like maybe they're anything we don't see them on screen. So in this case, it's like, does every movie that Kevin Spacey was in, do we write off every movie that he was in? Is it just because he starred in It's because it he starred in it and he's like, and there's right. like parts of it that make you, you know. Yeah. So that's why I don't know. He's not even in the American beauty bag he's not in the plastic bag scene right like those are different actors
2: yeah the movie in retrospect is very disturbing it's
0: a little fucked up i Uh, know i know
2: so i mean i loved it when i was younger but also i loved it when i was younger because a lot of the stories were really resonant to me as a as a Mm -hmm. young woman um
1: i think the bag is what bothers you guys most about the movie
2: i have it's been a long time since that he's the
1: protagonist
0: about the movie, yeah, nothing bothers me about the movie. What bothers me is that he is a monster, and I don't want to support his creative endeavors. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, but I don't know whether that should, how widespread that should go. You know, if yeah. it with Louis, it's like Louis has movies that it's like he's the one like directing them, editing them, bankrolling them, starring them. Right. It's like all the him show. Mm-hmm. Whereas American Beauty like was not created by Kevin Spacey.
2: The bag doesn't bother me on its own. Like the question that you're asking brings up bigger things, but the bag is—it's kind of funny to think of the actual bag, and also it has this like great noise.
1: Oh, that's great noise. Oh,
0: it rustles.
2: It rustles.
0: So yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe the bag disappears. It gets—it got replaced by a suitcase for a while. It might get replaced by something else. Maybe
2: it could be the box from Buffy. (laughs) <laughs> in the episode where everyone loses their voice and the bo- they're stored in a box and just saying. Just it could put be the Buffy there. box. It could be the Buffy box. Yeah. It could be so many things.
0: I'm into it being the Buffy box. We should probably watch the show <laughs> to find out if that works. But in the meantime, uh, would you do us the honor of pulling a small piece of paper out of that bag and onto that, into that microphone reading what it says?
2: Okay. I really like the way this sounds. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> oh, what movie have you seen the most times? Uh, this is this is like a very hard it's a toss up between Clueless and Mean Girls because I often watch them back to back <laughs> in a double feature style. Interesting. Um, can we go down memory lane for like a second? We sure can. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> the the first time I ever got my period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was jarring, like, for most girls. Um, I would imagine
0: it would be jarring for boys. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I remember my mom was just like, I called my mom, and she was, like, at work, and she, you know. You have
0: an older sister, too,
1: right?
2: I don't. I've two older brothers. Okay. Um, but my my mom's great, and I, I knew what was coming, and my mom was like, take it easy. And it was summer, and I was home from school, obviously, because it was summertime, and Clueless was on. And I remember like it was exactly what I needed like clueless on TV. When my mom got home, she took me shopping and she like took me to Nordstrom and she was like we're going to go shopping at Nordstrom because they have the nicest bathrooms in the mall. <laughs> so clueless and Nordstrom, mm. girl's first period story, everything you ever need and that's why clueless is special.
0: That is pretty special. Yeah. That that's I like gonna, that I like that a lot. Yeah. And I like that movie a lot. And I I rewatched it as an adult recently and found it just as entertaining, if not if not more so than when it came out. And Paul Rudd just as handsome as ever.
2: He looks exactly the same.
0: He looks the same. <laughs> it's crazy. Do we need to talk about it? Like there's some <laughs> there's some actors. You want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. There's some actors. You sent me Quizzes in the past about having to guess... There's a BuzzFeed quiz, and it's close-ups of Paul Rudd's face across 20 years, and you have to be saying, like, which one is older, and it's really hard. And there's some actors, we don't need to mention names, but everyone knows, you can picture the actor who continuously looks young, but in different ways that make you suspect foul play. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's an actor, and you're like, oh, wow, he looks so young, but he doesn't look how he looked when he was young.
2: Right? Like everyone in LA. Yeah, like
0: everyone here. Whereas Paul Rudd still looks how Paul Rudd looked when Paul Rudd was young. Yeah. And I don't know. He's a a magical creature. Miracle of modern of modern not science.
1: My question is what what (laughs) do we suspect Paul Rudd, like the advantage Paul Rudd gains Mm. from looking young? He's not gonna is he gonna go to (laughs) is he gonna sneak in undercover in high
0: school? Well, in the new season of Wet Hot American Summer, mm. he's able to portray. <laughs>
1: that's it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's literally the limits of the
0: advantage of his. True.
1: So we sit here and we wonder about it, yeah. but like, what? What?
0: So he he can. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're Do you think right. make
2: them more likable, though. Like mm. he has like a
0: boyish charm. <laughs> that's yeah. Certainly. Yeah. It's 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 allowing him to get roles that his contemporaries probably can't get anymore. But I don't know. What is, who cares? That's why this is 40 was such a risk for him. Cause he looks 32. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God.
0: So bold. Such a bold choice. Yeah. for Paul Rudd. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, should we jump into this queue? Yes. So here's the backstory. The backstory is. what did she tell it? Why don't you tell it?
2: Okay. <laughs> um, the backstory is that my fiancé, Mike, and I moved in together mm, like two and a half years ago. Um, and for the longest time, I was like, I'm hell-bent on keeping my own accounts for everything. Um, but then I just kind of gave in and was like, let's, let's merge. Let's merge accounts. I think it actually was around the time that we got engaged. That was when I was like, all right. Um, so I lost... I lost my queue and now we're on, we're on an account together. And, and it was a
1: queue that had aged
0: to perfection. There was a lot yeah,
2: of, I mean, it was old.
0: Hannah and I had the advantage of both of us mooch off of the same person's Netflix account. Oh, that's beautiful. So we never had to <laughs> abandon our, our, our Netflix, our own Netflix. Accounts. I think
1: we should add this to the list. Queue import feature. To the list of things we haven't had oh, one in yeah. a long time we've
0: got some pitches for the the big brass at netflix and <laughs> this is a good one so for 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 young couples merge your netflix accounts and yeah. and keep your cues it should be pretty easy yeah it's like when you get a new phone and you just import your contacts sync just that we just sync it it's great
2: although i, I would it. not want mike's queue.
0: <laughs> oh, is, are we well, are can still have them? separate profiles yeah. within one account so right? we actually
2: have like because we have we also share our account with others mm-hmm. we have our own profile so it's my last name is Jack Cathy and his last name is tuchillo so it's tuchetti which is also our dog's last <laughs> that'd name. be a good
1: wi-fi network name <laughs> yeah. as well oh, yeah yeah
0: so you so you have this queue and mm-hmm. You've been trying, like, the phoenix reborn from the ashes. You've been trying to reconstruct your cue.
2: Last night, Mike was giving me suggestions mm-hmm. on what should be added. So that was a fun thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It but most- you don't
1: want to validate his tastes in movies.
2: It's it's really special. Like, we have a lot of overlap and then, like, a lot of not overlap. Just mostly not overlap. We, he, like, loves... I don't, I don't even know how to explain his taste. But, like, you know... It's he great lo- he's
1: not here to defend himself. You yeah. can just <laughs> yeah. I love him, throwing him, him under with- the bus, when <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> um,
2: I love it's even fe- more fun feminism. when he's here, though. Oh,
1: yeah. um, Describe it. Describe his taste, though.
2: Describe his taste. Mm-hmm. I think it's like...
0: <sighs> In as condescending a way as possible. We'll have him also. There's no other way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> He loves like like sh- chef shows but not like but not cooking shows so I I
0: Like like
2: chef. the
1: non-intersection of chefs and cooking's yeah. that's where you'll find like,
2: <laughs> like he's like a huge Alton Brown fan but mostly he just like loves superhero movies and TV shows. He will watch things that are like really really bad because he loved the comic And he'll just, like, keep watching something that he's like, yeah, yeah, you should leave the room because this is so bad. But also, I'm going to spend ten hours watching it. Or, like, he just watched, I I was a big fan of um, the first season of Twin Peaks. He watched the whole second one, like...
0: You mean the third season? You mean, like, the new one?
2: No, the middle one. The middle one? The old one. You mean the
0: second half of the second season?
2: Ding, ding. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, we went through the same thing recently. Um, I had watched the first season and a half, right. same. And then rewatched it all with Hannah, and then she wanted to keep going, and she made it all the way to the end of so season two. Yeah, and
2: he was like, "Do you want to watch it, or do you want me to watch it for you and just tell you what happens?" And I was like, "Feel free to just go ahead and the tell ladder. me what happens." Yeah, yeah.
1: All I all I all I know <laughs> is that when I watched Twin Peaks, Maddie said, "Stop at episode one or two of season two. <laughs> just stop." Right, and I did. Yeah. And so I have no idea what happens. And the fact that, some, that your wife and your fiancé would just yeah. continue to plow through yeah. and you guys are totally, like, disgusted by this <laughs> activity, I would love to know what happens.
0: No, not disgusted. Just, it, it just... I lost interest.
1: So now you guys have this shared okay, queue so, ecosystem. So we have this queue,
0: and so we're going to try to find you a movie in here to watch and clear. Even though it's a new queue, we still want to clear it. The first movie you have in here, I... I Uh, why is why is the boss baby in here (laughs) what's what's going on there
1: hold on i need a minute oh my god
2: okay (laughs) this is so me this is all me you can't play mike for any of that shit um i love i love like kids movies (laughs) If
1: you okay. Mostly
2: movies, kids' movies. Um
1: I'm clearing that you were a fan of, of kids' movies. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: My grandma and I like used to go to the movies a lot. Like it was our together activity and mm-hmm. I have a lot of siblings, and so it was like my alone time with my grandma. Um and like so we still to this day like love going to kids' movies together.
1: What was the first one you remember seeing with her?
2: Oh god. I I was probably too little to even remember. It's been a that long of a tradition. The first
0: one she remembers. She can't even remember. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Here's
0: Fer Gully. It was Fern Gully.
2: It might have been. It might have been Fern Gully. It was no, in it's that not era. Fern
0: Gully together. Uh, really? It's my birthday party. Just oh, forgettable so enough. Yeah.
2: How is it forgettable? Mm. I'm upset. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Boss Baby. Yeah. I love kids. Kids movies. I heard really good things about it. Like probably on NPR from like Eric Deggins or someone <laughs> yeah. whose yeah. opinion I trust. And also um the the lead voice actor is um
0: Isn't it Alec Baldwin? Is
2: Alec Baldwin, who I also just love.
0: You're still cool with Alec... cuz we were talking about, you know, I know. shitty men and shitty dudes. he doesn't seem great.
2: He's not great, but like I god. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's not great in like a different way
0: that it, Sure. Yeah. He's
2: like a shitty dad.
0: Right. Seems like a shitty dad. But
2: like there's a
0: there's a I'm, lot, huh? I'm gonna not incriminate
2: myself <laughs> I have no skin going, in the game, yeah. but
1: you guys gotta you guys yeah. gotta go in. I
2: guess I can I'm like, oh, I can accept this that. This is
1: thing. that line. You were talking about the line with the bag yeah. is a similar yeah. line. It's a line. I mean Yeah.
0: Look, be prepared there, to take flack. If you're gonna make a line, I'm totally fine putting Kevin Spacey on one side of that line and Alec Baldwin on the other side. Like there's a line that goes in that separates those yeah. two yeah. for sure. I would also like to think that there's a another line on the other side of Alec Baldwin.
1: Totally.
0: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Should
1: I, like, should I let you guys off the hook or should I hit you guys harder? Uh, I don't. Do you got anything to hit us with? No, it's just like. So, verbal abuse versus physical abuse. It seems like in one world you guys are very anti-verbal abuse. And I just wanna. Mm. I just don't wanna.
2: I guess I might be, like, uh, and I think that there's, like, also, it's important to just, like, be clear on the things that you know about people and the things that you don't. Like, the mm. the only thing that I know about him, and this is, like, my bad for not knowing, is that he was, like, a dick to his daughter on the telephone.
0: That's the only thing I know as yeah. well.
2: Um, and, like... Very
0: publicly, yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't think that's acceptable, but Boss Baby's on my cue because I'm, like, he's probably a great voice actor. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and, and also... It's not, not, not Louie.
1: It's not Louie. That's no, not an endorsement
2: of being a dick to your daughter, but right. also, like, somehow feels relatable for me personally. So, like, uh, it's it's a little bit easier for me to <laughs> swallow yeah. sadly. Yeah.
0: But, th- look, there's no yeah. one that said, like, you can only enjoy the art of people who are nice and who you'd want to be friends with. That's true. Right? Like, what we're saying about this other these other guys is, like, if there are monsters who should be in jail, I don't want to support their work. Yeah. But, like, you know... I listen to plenty of bands whose lead singers I wouldn't necessarily want to have over my house to, yeah, you know, that's true. be on my podcast. I actually would like them on the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, so Boss Baby is in here. This is a strong first contender. I, this, I mean, this looks great to me. Alex knows, like, I'll watch uh, an animated comedy any day of the week. I didn't think
1: much of this, but I also heard good things about Boss Baby. Did you see it? It just has the worst name. It has uh, the worst name. <laughs> my sister took her nephews and... She said it was not like a roll your eyes. Oh my god! So you haven't happening? seen it, but Kara yeah.
0: Okay. So the next movie on your list uh, is a uh, kind of different from that. It's Gaga, five foot two. Okay. The Lady Gaga documentary.
2: Also heard really good things about it. I'm very motivated to watch things by what other people are saying, mostly because I work kind of in you know I work for an internet company. Like I, part of my job is to be aware of the conversation. Has that that's ever
1: backfired? On
2: has whatever back. Like, there.
1: have you ever been, like, the winds of pop culture st- steered you incorrectly? Because I think La La Land, like, as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> is, like, the right way to go.
2: Right, right. I mean, constantly, but that's, like, <laughs> I feel I feel like part of my job is to have an opinion about things, so if I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, then I can't have an opinion. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I heard a lot. Everyone was talking about it when it first came out. Um, also interested in it on a personal level, because... She talks a lot about you know her life as a performer, and my fiance is in the music world, and I feel like it's so fascinating to me. and I don't understand mm-hmm. it, and I also love biographies. Like I enjoy reading them um, and watching the real
1: them. thing versus like a fictionalized biopic.
2: Yeah, yeah, like a like a documentary version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for and sure.
0: And you're also five foot two.
2: Yeah, oh, well, I'm technically five three.
0: Oh. My, On a good day. All, my apologies. My sincerest <laughs> yeah. apologies.
2: Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I'm like always so curious about her background because it seems kind of similar to mine. Like she's from New York City. I'm from New Jersey, right outside of New York. You know, there's some loves. Yeah. She's yeah. Italian American.
0: She also used to play at Rockwood a lot, which where's Mike and I used to play there all the time in yeah. New York. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's like, you know, Lady Gaga, us, it's the same.
2: <laughs> same thing.
0: I'm interested in seeing this. Yeah. I'd like to know about the little monsters and the meat suit. Is, the, is that a thing?
2: I, she addresses it in the in the. Oh, so teaser. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. The next. Um, the next movie you have in here is back in the Boss Baby direction. It's The <laughs> Little Prince.
2: Okay, another thing that I shamefully have never read and never seen, um, and and. One of our housemates, Dan, is, like, obsessed with it, with, with the book, mm-hmm. originally. Um, so there's, like, so much Little Prince paraphernalia around our house, and I feel like such an asshole that I have no idea what it's about.
1: Okay. I don't really either. You need an opinion.
2: <laughs> See, I need an opinion. You
1: need an opinion.
2: No, I just feel like it's one of those like pop not pop culture things cuz it's like an indie thing. Yeah, it's
0: in it's that indie. I, I don't like, know The Little Prince.
2: Don't know about and I feel like such a fraud, like a fraud in this in this moving in this space not knowing
0: what it is. So it's the about. movie which came out 2 years ago, the t- the logline is when an overscheduled girl befriends an eccentric aviator. He regales her with tales about the adventures of an unusual boy. Who lives on an asteroid? And it stars uh, voices. It stars Jeff Bridges, Rachel McAdams, Paul Rudd. It's just his (laughs) voice. I don't know if his voice is aged. Um, Bud No chance it's aged. Zero chance it's aged.
2: Uh, So this kind of bothers me because I feel like it's going to be like some version of like 500 Days of Summer. Like some kind of whimsical bullshit, like.
0: (laughs) coming hard for
1: 500 days <laughs> we on our 50th episode sue kate wanted whimsy you don't want whimsy okay. you don't want whimsy
2: i really like a lot of whimsical things but then i'm also like really fed up by them and like really i'm like a <laughs> cynical new jersey like yeah you know just a, and this makes me sound like such a curmudgeon but how many manic pixie dream girls can you can you have in your life
1: as a female, is there a feminist? Is there a male equivalent to the manic pixie dream boy?
0: It's a great question. And if there, mm, I feel like it's
1: Ryan Gosling, like a guy with like an ax, like a New York accent, mm. who's like kind of a, a, a tough, but like a little bit the under the surface, boy? a little badness under the surface.
2: But does he ever fix a broken woman?
1: Mm.
2: Or. which is what the
1: manic pixie dream girl does
2: she yeah she she like often like her role aside from being kind of eccentric and free-spirited she serves to kind of um usher the the man who is the center of the story into like a new and better phase in his life or to or to fix him in Mm -hmm. some way she's an accessory to the story but she is not a main character in and whereas, whereas I think that like that bad boy is often the center of the story. Okay,
0: I think I got it. I think I know who the okay. male okay. man I think it's I boys. still think it's Gosling. I think it's a French or British character very often in stories. And I think one example is in Bridesmaids, the Another Irish guy that she kind of falls for. I can't remember the actor's name, he yes! pops in and things. Oh, he's kind of he's a so Manic Pixie He's so handsome random, boy, yeah. Because he sort of shows up. I feel like it's a character that shows up, has this. Intriguing accent. There personally doesn't matter that much because they're just sort of positive in general. Mm-hmm. And then the main female character, you know, opens their cake shop or does some sort of life change around this new relationship with this. That's yeah, choco- he likes- Is that Chocolat. The plot of Chocolat. Yeah, oh, maybe. Kind of, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh God. Johnny
0: Depp ships. He could be a manic pixie dream I boy. I saw that sure. with
2: my mom when I was a teenager. <sighs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's he's another man that has been banished from clearing the crew. Yeah. but yes, in that movie, yes.
2: There's also, um, what was that movie with Amy Schumer and, um... Uh, yes, Trainwreck. Bill, yes. Bill Hader was Bill that, Hader. But that. this is a new thing, mm-hmm. and it's a reaction to the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, so mm-hmm. it's just like, they're living that same paradigm, they're just men, but it's like, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's distinctly like, uh like, oh, this is a male counterpart, I think that those are, like, feminist writers or, like, pseudo-feminist writers that are, right. like, reacting to that mm-hmm. and trying to create male characters and say, like, hey, women can be the center of the story as well. Like, it doesn't doesn't yeah. have to be... Like, women don't have to always be the ones to fix men.
1: So. Pseudo-feminist is a new term for me. I mm. just love to... You, you do not have to even record this. I just <laughs> want to know what that... I want to know more examples of that.
2: I would define, like, pseudo-feminist as, like, a false sense of empowerment that is not predicated on equality. Like, a perfect example of that is the Spice Girls being like, rah, rah, girl power. And then when they would, like, get in interviews, people would be like, well, what does that mean? And they were like, girls can do anything boys can do, but also, like, buy our albums. And, like, and also, like, we're going to, like, really sexualize ourselves and, like, that's powerful, but we're also not going to challenge it in any way. Like, like it's kind of like a lack of, like, depth and a a lack Mm. of, Like, I I don't know if that makes any sense, but different feminisms exist, but also there has to be, like, in my view, I I would refer to something as pseudo-feminist if it lacks depth or if, like, feminism is being used to, like, sell something and not Mm -hmm. actually challenge any, like, power structures.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. We have a term on the show that is called sad candy, and it's a term that means watching something that is going to be sad... Uh-huh. And you're just kind of embracing that and enjoying the sadness of it's it. It's like a pillow of sadness. A oh. pillow of sadness. Now, the next okay. movie you have here is called Hard Candy. And it looks like it might also be Sad Candy.
2: <laughs> okay. So, full disclosure, I put this on, on my list because I want to watch it with Mike.
0: Oh. I've seen it before. Okay.
2: Um,
0: is it sad? No. Oh,
2: it is. Yeah. I mean, it might be sad for you. I don't know how it'll hit you. Okay. No, to be honest. I mean, yeah. but like the way that it hits me is just like so bad ass. It's triggering,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: it's badass.
0: All right. But you've seen it. So we don't need to clear yeah, from yeah, your queue. Yeah, we're not yeah, yeah. going to because you have to watch it with Mike. Yeah. The last movie in your queue is Gamora. Now we've confronted this movie before. This has been in queues. This is 2008. The intertwining tales of a delivery boy, a tailor, a businessman, and two teenagers form the fabric of this gritty examination of the Neapolitan mob.
2: Okay. So, (laughs) Mike and I were looking through Netflix before we were about to watch The Crown, because that's what we did yesterday. Um, And he was like, wait, Gamora? Is that an Italian word? That whole description is about the Italian mob, and all those names are Italian, and he is also Italian-American. He loves all things Italian. Shocker. Um, and I was like, no, Gomorrah's from the Bible, like Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was like, but it's about the Neapolitan mob. I want to watch that. So I put it on, because so I was like, fine, I think I could probably suck it up to watch whatever this is, even though it's unclear as to, like, what it's actually about. Yeah. Um,
1: That's true. I remember yeah. it had some pretty gritty like album artwork. Yeah, the the yeah.
0: horizontals on here are are disturbing. And also, if you got to watch it with Mike, we don't have to watch it now. But also, does this
2: mean we're gonna watch Boss Baby?
0: Well, what do we got? Boss Baby looks like a strong contender. Yeah,
1: here's what we have. We have Boss Baby, which is an animated adventure. We, we didn't even get the plot. I could. Does I, it? I mean, does you it matter? Tell us, Alex. Tell us the plot. Uh, Stewie Griffin, uh, a sharp-tongued. I actually don't know how this baby. <laughs> how is this baby? I don't. I can't describe this.
0: I don't know. A kid finds himself at the center of a sinister corporate plot when his parents bring home a baby who only talks business when they're not around.
2: It's basically Donald Trump baby. Mm. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs>
0: Deep breaths. Go to my happy place. <laughs> yeah. What else do we have? <laughs> we have Gaga,
1: five foot two. We'll finally get answers to the meat suit. Yeah. We'll find out about the PR machine behind Gaga. We'll find out about her real We list. have a
0: very strong success rate when we watch documentaries on Clearing the queue. Yeah. Next on the list is The Little Prince.
1: And we already know that our guest Angela needs an opinion about ah, uh-huh. very important things. And your roommate has plastered on his <laughs> wall Little he, Prince regalia.
2: <laughs> not plastered. He has like he has like a like collector like beautiful collector's items. Is <laughs> like, Dan going to listen to this podcast? Probably not. Although it would be
1: it would be great. Is he, he a has like a
2: tattoo like from the Little Prince, and he has like this beautiful pop up book.
1: With, Do you guys like, have a lot of awkward like just can't make conversation?
2: No, no.
1: Opportunities? Like at the breakfast nook in the kitchen? No, we're like, we're pals. Just, okay, you're pals. But yeah. if you came to if the I table with this. some. Look, but if you went, if mm. tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. morning, the same breakfast nook I just mentioned, you guys are talking <laughs> about Deep Little Prince story points. Is that going to improve your day? <laughs> Is that going to take your relationship with him to the I, next level?
2: I'm worried if I... So, Dan and I actually have, like, a ton of overlap in terms of, like...
1: Is he invited to your wedding, by the way?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so
1: this isn't going to potentially...
2: Oh, no, no. He's, like, a longtime friend.
1: He's like, not in the wedding. He's a long-time friend, but he's not going to listen to this podcast? I mean... Do your friends listen to the show? That's debatable. Yeah.
2: Dan Dan loves Harmontown. Like, this is not Harmontown. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There's a beginning, a middle, and an end here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but in all seriousness, we have a, a lot of overlap in terms of our taste in like TV and movies and and music. Like we may or may not be like near identical, which is weird for my, poor Mike because Mike is like <laughs> this is so strange. Like how do you guys like all the same things? Um, so I'm afraid if I hate it, that it's. Good.
1: Oh, we have to watch this. <laughs> Because the,
0: leg, the only other one yeah. on the list is hard candy, and I only put that's that on not, there because yeah. you never I... watched it with men. No, it's bet- it's either Boss Baby, Gaga five foot two, or The Little <laughs> Prince. Those are the <laughs> contenders. Is, what
1: have I done to myself?
0: I think Alex is right that the yeah. one that you that you most fear is the one to confront. I mean, I I fear Boss Baby. <laughs> I fear <laughs> Boss Baby reason. for other reasons. And I'm intrigued by Gaga five foot two. And yeah, but Alex true. makes a compelling case. We don't really have a a codified way of deciding this. Rock,
2: paper, scissors.
0: Okay. (laughs) Between what? Between who and how?
2: Okay. I'm going to fight for Boss Baby. Okay. And you're going to fight for...
0: The Little Prince? The Little Prince. (laughs) And then I'm going to fight for Gaga then. Okay. Five for two. All right. Can we do a three-way rock, paper, scissors? How does this work?
1: It's never been done before. I think we just... I think we can all three throw it and just see what happens. Because we all have a representative. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. Ready?
0: Yep. Rock, rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot! shoot. Oh okay. boy! Okay. So okay This is the example. This yeah. is the problem where we have one of each. Let's do another <laughs> one. <laughs> Alex did rock. You did scissors. Okay. I did paper. Let's do another one. Okay. okay, okay. okay. Rock, 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 paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot! Oh, For you the win, listeners! I did paper. They both did rock. Paper beats both of those rocks. We're watching Gaga five foot two. Done. And uh, <laughs> the listeners are going to hear the trailer. And then we're going to come back and talk about what we saw. Pop pop poke poke. Okay.
1: Oh, sorry.
2: Let's get stoned in
1: Gravel's car. We can't record the stove.
0: It was a madhouse in there. It was wild. I'm going to fight with
2: fucking hell for them to fucking love this. Yes! (gasps) You can use none of that footage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: so proud of
0: you. It doesn't get bigger than this that was something i don't know what we were expecting it was gonna be but it was something
1: this was the seventh documentary we've watched
0: oh yeah you counted
1: yeah. yep i wrote them all down
0: ah well um should we do our quick recap
1: yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you asked, is there anything to recap? And I said yes, because... Great. Give it to us. Well, we get dropped in at some point in Lady Gaga's life, which happens to be right around her turning 30, and she's in this back in the studio after three years. She seems to be at sort of a internal turning point. She's abandoning the high fashion era of Gaga, which we would kind of find out. I mean... Let's be, let's be real, like, that's what most people know her for. I wrote four things down <laughs> on this piece of paper before I started. I wrote Madonna, Tony Bennett, Poker Face, Meat Suit. And everything was touched on except Poker Face. They talked about the meat suit? Yeah, a couple times. A tang- tangentially. I mean, oh, they didn't I talk see. about they, Tony Bennett. They, we didn't get, like, the origin of the meat suit. But all of those yeah. things were sort of... Like, yeah. So, like, and that's what, like, most people would know. If right. If you were going to, like, do top five things, yeah. you just know about her. But... She's dropped in. It's a new Gaga. She's kind of in a lot of pain. It's personal. She's going to... The whole sort of documentary leading up to her Super Bowl performance. Yeah.
0: And... She finishes the album. She makes a music video. She does a bunch of interviews. She's in a shitload of physical and emotional pain. We hear a little bit about Joanne, which is the name of the album. Why it's called Joanne. And... And then she gets the Super Bowl and she performs the halftime show and then the movie ends right when her halftime performance is about to start
1: and but but there's no lady gaga growing up there's no where did we how did we get here i mean i like that we didn't have to like go through the origin story which i think is a little bit kind of tired i don't know mm. did you feel like you you missed all I, that
0: well one of the things that i really like about documentaries is that they can craft a story and a narrative that doesn't have to be chronological. And one of the things that this didn't do for me is that, like, this just, it was like about six months or so, I don't know, three to six months in her life, and it was just completely sequential. And so in some of the other documentaries we've watched, there's been like a big, dramatic turn, and this this didn't have that. They didn't craft a story. They just filmed her for a bunch of months and then edited it together, right?
2: Yeah, I got the impression... Like, at the end, too, because you all of a sudden hear kind of, uh, like, an interviewer ask a question, and it it was like, are they not getting enough footage? Like, why are you asking that when this hasn't been, like, Q&A the whole time? So it kind of seems like... And, of course, I would imagine that with a lot of documentaries, you know, the story is what the story is, and you can't control how it unfolds, but it almost seemed like they didn't have enough story. Interesting.
1: I didn't read it that way. I mean, personally, I just like... Sometimes I like when... The documentarian puts their own voice in there sometimes, sure. yeah. Because it, it's always, it's very intentional when it happens. Yeah. Um. most sometimes they just need to provide context for the question. Like it right. wouldn't sound right if they did it. But I, it's funny. I didn't quite take it that way.
0: It was just so weird that you didn't hear his voice until ten minutes left in the in the film.
1: I because I was thinking about that in the very first half hour when she was doing all the. She was just sort of speaking extemporaneously about mm-hmm. where she was in her life, and she was obviously being probed on like she didn't just go like the guy yeah. just said, "Tell us about this, Tell us about this." And mm-hmm. so I was thinking about that documentarian's voice then, but interesting, yeah,
0: yeah, the very
1: beginning, yeah,
2: do you guys feel like there was aside from it being about like her new self right now, like as in as a kind of a grown up performer and you know, with this kind of like new aesthetic? Like, did did you guys feel like there was a story outside of that?
1: I was thinking a couple things the whole time. This was optional. This documentary was like (laughs) totally optional for her. She did not have to do this. She didn't Uh have to cry on camera. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to expose this part of her. So I was the whole time. I was thinking about like, why is she doing this? And I was thinking about recent pop acts like uh, Beyoncé's Lemonade, which was also an alternative personal way to tell people a little bit more about, and Mm. connect with your fan base Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Tell a story. Yeah, so I was thinking about that, and I'm then thinking about Taylor Swift, and how Taylor Swift's sort of lack of doing a lot of this stuff. Your original question, I'm sorry, I didn't quite answer it, but it was about... Is there a story? Yeah, Yeah.
2: like a, you know, something with a beginning, a middle, and an end, like catharsis. So that's
1: what Maddie likes in his documentaries. I wrote, what I always like for is. The f- about documentaries, is the flaws and the imperfections. It's are we seeing, mm. are we are we seeing something that's not totally crafted and and scripted and structured? Are we like in a way, and in all this list of documentaries, I, like we kind of get that. And I, I do think we got some flaws in that, right? So you're kind of seeing she's not perfect. She battles things, even though she's flying on jets and has all of her stuff prepped for, for her. She still puts on her meat suit one leg <laughs> at a time. <laughs> her meat dress they called the meat dress I held the meat suit um so did it accomplish that for me yeah it did but there was no yeah. story i did not i did not sense a story
0: yeah right. we were all i think surprised when the credits began to roll right before her performance started and to me that that was the most like intentional piece of storytelling in it was where it ended mm-hmm. and i kind of thought like her life in this is kind of a mess like she's kind of she's sad, she's in physical pain, she's questioning everything, but like it's all about well, we've got to get to the Super Bowl performance. Like that's the big thing, that's the keep your eyes on the prize. And then to end without showing us the performance mm-hmm. felt like a way of saying like there's nothing there is nothing else. And so if you're not happy in your life, if your day-to-day minute to minute are not fulfilling, then you're not going to magically fix everything by having this awesome Super Bowl performance.
2: It also kind of <clears throat> made me think about the idea of moving goalposts in like a mm. really kind of <laughs> literal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, literal was, it was literal. But as someone who has a lot of artists and, and musicians in my life, I I see that trend a lot. And it's always like, Always about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And that was a, a kind of perfect ending in that way where it's like this this kind of mentality is very common, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in artists and people just constantly striving for that next step and then feeling unsatisfied when they get there. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of successful people in all kinds of industries are like that, but that's kind of what it felt like it was about to me, was just the moving goalpost.
1: Her life, at least represented through this argumentary, reminded me of that of a pro wrestler. In Mm. that she's constantly putting on a performance that is physically taxing and has to kind of turn this on around. And it's just super rigorous. And not only that, but like to then get the same fix, the same Mm. you have to go higher. Um, I use this metaphor quite a bit, which is that in pro wrestling... There's a, a phase through like the late 90s, early early 2000s where the people started just stacking tables and chairs and s- tables and chairs, <laughs> and falling through more tables and chairs, and you get to a point where there's just death. There's just like yeah. actual, yeah. and um, yeah. and that's what it, That it, it wasn't quite so bad, but like there was a scene where she's at the doctor and she's saying like, look, you're just willing yourself to go through this and you're, you know, and at 30 years old, you know, that's kind of, it is sad. To, to go through that,
2: one of the people in particular that said that this was really good was my boss, and my boss is like, she's a leader at a tech company. She's so smart and incredible and powerful, and um, someone that I really look up to. And she was saying that this made Lady Gaga so much more relatable to her. And she at the beginning she kind of talks about like, I think the struggle of being a powerful woman, mm-hmm. and she is in so many ways, like this, you know, force and and how that's like a struggle for her. Now obviously like she's an extraordinary woman too. She's an exception to many rules. So she's she's not like I felt like there are a lot of points in it where it was like, Lady Gaga, she's just like us. Like she cries just like us. But like the truth is she's not just like us. She's not just like <laughs> me. Um I thought that maybe that's why my boss found her more relatable, though, because she is like a lot of other powerful women. Like, I'm trying to avoid the word privilege, but, like, you know, she is a privileged woman. (laughs)
1: You guys were both thinking it, I think, during the movie that you couldn't quite get around that Yeah,
2: but then that, like... So she talks about it, and, like, she references it again, like, maybe once or twice, but that was almost the catharsis. Like, that was the storyline that I was looking for that never Mm. really turned around, where she never really addresses it. She's like, it's hard to be a powerful woman, and I'm lonely, right? But, like, I don't know, there wasn't any... That that story never really picked back up again.
0: Yeah, and I think that came to, um, I think, my overall criticism, which is just, like, it's just her talking the whole time. Hmm. We don't hear any other voices. We don't get any other perspectives on her. We get her talking about her life. But I think part of the insight that I want in a in a story and in a documentary especially is like we learn about somebody by looking at the same problem from different angles. Yeah, Definitely. I
2: mean, I think that that's where I'm separating like the subject matter from the 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 medium, right? Like I have a lot of criticisms about it, maybe as, like, a documentary or as, like, a, a a movie. But I thought that her, like, her representation of herself in it was very brave and, like, earnest. And she she definitely addresses the fact, like, I don't know what other people like me do when they don't have the resources that I have. Like, mm-hmm. she was, you know, very blunt about that. And, and yeah, I, I guess, like, when I take out my expectations... For the documentary, like, I I did like how she, I did like her, I guess.
1: Did it ever strike you that, like, oh, she, because some, someone's going to, like, see this and copy it, you know, or, like, mm-hmm. at some point. Again, like, in the, the the framework of, like, Lemonade or anything that Taylor Swift or any other pops, are like, this was her choice to, like, sort of, like, connect with people mm-hmm. and also promote her
0: brand. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
2: felt like Lemonade was so much more impactful, just if we're comparing.
0: I cried when I watched Lemonade.
2: Yeah. I mean, I cried, I yelled, like I forced everyone else to watch it with me again and again. Like we had conversations in my house about, you know, what some of those themes are and, and what it means. And so I thought it was like, it was an interesting foil for like Beyonce to talk about like her own family history, her personal life, and how that's tied to, social forces beyond both of those things. And this didn't do as good of a job of that. It told a lot of the personal story, maybe a little bit of the family and the backstory, but it didn't do a good job of tying it to anything bigger. And so even the Super Bowl thing, which is like the semi catharsis at the end, she's just talking about what it means to her. And that's great. Like she should own that, but it fell it fell flat of addressing like what that means beyond her,
0: the closest comp for me for this movie was uh this is it, which was the Michael Jackson documentary that mm. was that was filmed when he was getting ready for his final tour and I saw that in the theater. you did, yeah, so that was similar in that like it I didn't go Jackson, back and confession. tell a story at the beginning, like it was very much. You know, Mm -hmm. like, a tour documentary, like, a a couple months of time, and it was these high-stress rehearsals. But that one, like, you're watching it knowing that, like, he dies. And so there's this, like, there's just, like, built-in insane intensity to it. Whereas this one we're watching knowing that, like, I think she seems like she's doing well.
2: I... I disagree. <laughs> that she's I, doing well? I mean, I yeah. actually have
0: no idea, but I mean, she's alive. I In guess c- yeah, I mean.
2: sure. She's alive. I definitely, though, I mean, especially some of the medical scenes, like, and they, they kind of, like, allude to it at the beginning with, you know, other performers that have been kind of famed to death. Mm-hmm. Um, she appears close to that. Mm. Like, closer than I imagined. And she says some line that I, I wrote down about, like, being touched all day and then oh, yeah. going to sleep alone, and like I that that was something that I just like, I don't really have words for it, but it definitely was like it was a reminder that 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 happens and that she may be closer to that than mm-hmm. anyone thinks, and and there are a lot of famous people that may be closer to that than we think.
0: So and, what does five foot two mean? I mean, that was the I think clear- she was five foot two, and. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, yeah. opening a well
0: in there's that early scene where she's at the family event and we hear the song Five Foot Two Eyes yeah. of Blue singing in the background. So I think it's like a connection to her her family and heritage and also maybe about you know, David and Goliath kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know. She's like a little person with taking on a big world.
2: Yeah. I
1: huh. <laughs> I I think I took it to like is like a Stripped, stripped down. Like a metaphor for being stripped down to like when mm-hmm. anything. She's just another five foot two mm-hmm. Italian person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Like you don't have to really put her on any pedestal because she's. Mm. That's it. Yeah. The other h- right? thing is like she was nobody to me really, other than like right. that those quick flashes of her in her Zoolander outfits. <laughs> um, she had was nobody really to me. So th- everything was new. It's, so it so would have been easier if it w- or. Nice, like I, I kind of knew someone a little bit better. I don't know, my
0: like, main connection to her is, is my joke that I always tell. How do you wake up Lady Gaga? How? You poke her face.
2: <laughs> Sorry. It's so bad, but it's so good.
0: Thank you. The last thing that we have to do is rate this movie. And we used to rate things on the star scale, the Netflix 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Netflix switched to the thumbs up, thumbs down scale. And then I've been breaking away lately, and I'm doing the... I refuse to rate them. (laughs) I just say who I think would like this movie and who wouldn't like this movie. Mm, Yeah. That's more... That feels better for me. So either of you can choose any rating system you like. It's a a wild, wild west at this point.
2: Free for all.
0: I recommend this movie to... I'm assuming that any fans of Lady Gaga have already seen it. So I'm going to recommend this movie to... People who haven't seen other a lot of other music documentaries and so would be excited to see a behind the scenes like studio concert look and are curious about how sad Lady Gaga is.
1: Here's who this is in for. If you were a huge fan of Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga collabo <laughs> album, hoping that she would really pay homage to Tony Bennett more than just like a showing him in the crowd, this is not for you. This is not the, the Tony. Be- they don't go. They don't delve no. into that relationship. No. Not at all. They even. I mean, she does Donnie Darko her own song really well yep. during that scene.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's for people that are curious about how pop music is made. Like it's a good inside look into that world. And also like artists that are creating a lot of their own stuff and in- making a lot of their own decisions and-, and like running that show like she's a CEO essentially that's what she's doing mm. so in that way I would also recommend it for anyone who's like curious about about that life and what it what it's like to be like a lady lady boss.
0: We decided not to watch Baby Boss. Instead, we watch <laughs> Lady Boss. <laughs>
1: Babies can be bosses.
0: Ladies can be bosses. This movie, this documentary, is for the whole Ronson family. Let's let's face it. Anyone in the business of Mark Ronson, he seems
2: like a great great dude in this.
0: He seems really great. I'd want to. We were talking about men that we wouldn't want to be friends with. He seems like a man. I I bet he's just
1: like. Let's put some trumpets in this thing. Let's like come on. We can do this. Yeah can funk this
0: up.
2: Guys, we shouldn't strongly endorse him, though, because you never know what's going to happen in a week. You never know? You You never never know.
0: know. But what we know at this point is, seems like a stand-up guy. (laughs) She seems like a stand-up gal. I hope she sorts through her pain. (sighs)
2: Yeah. And
0: the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Patriots won the Super Bowl. Spoiler alert.
2: Get well soon. (laughs) And
0: even most importantly, you've broken off. You have your own cue. But now, you're one step closer clearing the queue!
1: Ra, ra, ooh, ra, ra! <laughs> that was clearing the queue if you have heard
0: anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about you can email us at uh queue at gmail.com q is spelled q-u-e-u-e that's a tough one and if your thoughts are funny we'll read it on air follow us on twitter at ctq podcast instagram at clearing facebook.com slash clearing the subscribe on itunes yeah subscribe on itunes <laughs> i don't know how you do that